This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. Do you worry that people are losing the imagination for fiction? Because we are in this sort of hyper-stimulating world where we're bombarded constantly with social media. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. But I mean, truly, when you, you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities. I I mean, our future is really bright if we, if we prioritize them and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address it. Do you ever get the sense that whenever she talks, she just kind of searches for the words she doesn't actually ever it takes her some time to actually come in with it but she she searches for the words and can't can't actually find them she just looks and just fills the air with some kind of thought and that's kind of all you get that's the vice president of the united states welcome to the program happy tuesday to you dana lash here and uh we're going to get, hope we haven't been blown up yet. We're not dead in a nuclear war. Yay. So where to even start this Tuesday? And again, welcome. We're at the, uh, our first hour here. So where to even start? I have a bunch of polling. I have the top priorities for voters. We've got that. We're going to get into some of the latest on PayPal and Uh, I've got wokery. I've got all kinds of stuff here for you. Uh, But with all of this, this uh, top 10 priorities, I was looking at this this morning. There's a new Ipsos poll out. There's about 100 and, well, about 1,003 people, actually. 63% of them think that the United States is on the wrong path. 68%. And... There was one section where every single issue that's in the top 10 for Biden, every single one, I think his approval rating is less than 50%. It's pretty shocking. I mean, it's not shocking because, you know, you know what, what you're getting with him, but it's shocking in, in, by way of, I just can't believe that, fi- I mean, this is, this is it's I mean he's going to he's not after midterms, he's going into midterms. They've 
delivered on nothing. Now, I the, I know that their defense is that, well, typically, you know, during midterms, during this portion of the election cycle, you typically have presidents that don't do incredibly well. That's not necessarily true because his polling is worse than even at Trump's lowest point. His polling is worse than HW. I mean, it's just bad all around. It's just bad. He's he's doing bad. This is going to spell further disaster going into midterms for down ticket. Nobody's enthusiastic. The coronavirus handling. He's under 50% approval. Environment. So it's 47. This is all approval rating. 47 for coronavirus. 44% for environment. 42% for racial inequality. 38% for employment. 37% for unifying the country. And that's what President McUnity went on. Uh, 37% international trade. 34% taxation. 33% economy as a whole. 33% immigration. 31% corruption. Hmm. Bad. And they want him to focus the most. Now, here's where it's crucial. Economy, employment, and jobs, immigration. Those are the top three issues. In these issues, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, out of the 10 issues, abortion does not rank amongst at all any of them. Not a single one. No, uh, the abortion is a non-issue. Nobody cares about it. Democrats, even Democrat voters don't care. They don't, they don't care about abortion. They don't care about it. Stop talking about it. Golly, every damn election cycle. Women, I guess you're only good enough to be told about your vaginas. Let's just talk about that all election long. I'm so tired of it. Every election, every time we go vote, every time, it's the same thing. It's so frustrating. It's all we hear over and over again. Ladies, this is all you're good to talk about. Just focus on these women's issues, the cup holders, the lighted mirrors. Look at the uh, look at the the uh, look at the lighted mirror. It's LED. It's great. It's all we're, this role we're told about. So with this, abortion's not a single one of them. This is not a top issue. And I bring this up because they've de- desperately tried to make it one. The, the Herschel Walker, Georgia thing is passed. They failed. They lost that. It's done. They lost it. It's done. In fact, there was a really interesting piece I was reading from James Carville. Well, it was a quote about James Carville this morning. And he's saying what I was saying last week. This is bad for Democrats. I called it. Told y'all. I called it. There, He's like, this is... No, no, no. And one of the biggest measures of how bad this is is looking at Nevada. Because you have... What's her face? Cortez Mosto? She's getting whooped. She's the incumbent. Adam Laxalt's beating her right now. Not by a lot, but enough. And this is after she has outspent him, ad by his name and everything. She's absolutely outspent him. If she can't turn things around, this is going to be another seat. She was trying to focus on abortion. That ain't working. Carville went out there and said, look, the hyper focus on abortion is not working. He's done some fundraising for her. He went out and said, quote, a lot of these consultants think that if all we do is run abortion spots, that'll be a win for us. And I don't think so. He said it's a good issue, but if you just sit there and they're pummeling you on crime and pummeling you on the cost of living, you got to be more aggressive than just yelling abortion every other word, end quote. And he's right. That's absolutely true. This is where Democrats have themselves in a very weird position because they went so hard on abortion that now 
they are having to deal with this very uncomfortable issue. If they focus so hard on it, then they have to explain why their position is so extreme, why they've moved and have such an extremist position that's out of step with the majority of the country, including their own party. And they don't want to do that. We're going to talk more about that here. This is, uh, man, speaking, did you guys see, so we, we played the video when Biden had said, uh, I have two words for you, made in America, and we were all joking, like, does he mean like made in America, like the woman? I don't know. And uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert was making fun of him, and she said, two words, let's go Brandon. She, was, she said it right after the video of uh, Biden saying two words, made in America, went viral, and all the left, I mean, it was purposeful bait, they took it. They were like, oh, really? Two words? Let's go, Brandon. That's three. And they were just losing their ever-loving minds. It was so ridiculous. And it was a total bait. Total bait. Gosh, that was actually beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. I just think that they're just... That they're, they, don't, they're, they don't know what to do. You guys want to hear one of the most epic... I mean, this is... Can I just be real? I'm not a huge J.D. Vance fan. That's why I haven't talked about him a lot on the show. I'm not a huge fan of him. But at the same time, I want to win the Senate. This is what the left mistakes about me. They think that all of these politicians that I like like them and I want them to win. No, some of them I absolutely hate. I, hate's a strong word. I only hate you if I know you in person. I feel like I have to know you in person to hate you. And there's some people I hate. And it's a strong word regardless. But I'm not, I'm just not a J.D. Vance fan. I haven't been. I haven't been for a long time. Um, I think from the get-go. No, I mean, it's nothing personal. I'm just like, it's not my cup of tea. I'm just not a big, you know, but I want to win the Senate. I want to win the Senate more than I dislike J.D. Vance. And I have to play this video because this was an epic. Now, sidebar, I don't necessarily agree with Vance here. And I think I want to put that to, I want to put that on a side, whether or not you agree or disagree, and I disagree with them, but whether or not you agree or disagree, whatever your position on life is, whatever, because I think you you're, you have to take a presupposition in order to make this statement, and I'm totally fine, as I said, I'm totally fine talking about the less than 1% uh, of those that actually account for rape or incest, etc., having that conversation, if it means saving the lives of millions of others as a form of sexual recreation, totally fine with that. Put that aside. That's irrelevant in this context right now, because this was one of the most brutal put downs in a debate that I've ever heard ever, ever, ever. This is audio soundbite one. Listen. Look, I've always believed in reasonable exceptions. This is a misrepresentation of my view, but let, let, let's hear it from me, not from Congressman Ryan. Uh, I, I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what's that, what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congressman Ryan, they talk about this all the time. The thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. Mm. Oh, boy. 
Oh, boy. That was one of the most insane put-downs, I think, that I've heard in quite some time. I went and I was looking it up as well. Uh, went to look all of this up because the individual, that's what came out later, that this individual who was apparently not in the country illegally, and this isn't the first time that something like this has happened either. Um, this, there was, uh, I mean, there's a couple of different cases out there like this that involves uh, young women and people who you know got into the country illegally. But he's he's right. I mean, it it it, it actually you have an instance of someone who had repeatedly broken the law and came in to the country. If you're entering the country by breaking the law, I just think that that kind of sets you up for, you know, future failure in terms of following the law. That's a great point that he made. I thought that, that, that Vance handled that very well. And he had Tim Ryan on the ropes. This was for the debate Ohio Senate yesterday, yet last, uh, last night he had him on the ropes. It was a very, that was a strong answer. Very strong answer. So Democrats are having some issues because here the the president is underwater on all of the top 10 priorities for the United States. In the meantime, he's promised more advanced air defense systems to Ukraine. No accountability. In the meantime, New York Times shows that the Biden, uh, the Biden proposal, he's going ahead to try to target gig workers. Trying to make gig workers employees and severely cutting into their freedom and ability to make money. That's not going to work out so well for him either. You're going to see him take a further hit in the pool. I just, this is some of the dumbest policy that I've seen. Now, meanwhile, and we're going to jump into this a little bit later, PayPal has been going back and forth. They said that they were going to find people that they thought were spreading misinformation, which misinformation means opinions they dislike. Uh, and now they're trying to walk it back, but not really. We're going to talk about that, explore that a little bit. We're also going to get into one of the funniest stories, the boondoggle rail system out of California. Last night on Fox, I called it the Winchester House of Public Works. It is unbelievable they actually thought it was easier to build uh, uh light rail in morocco than they did california okay and democrats have nobody else to blame in california but themselves it's pretty amazing did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood when it comes to promoting metabolic health they are a powerhouse but if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day you need to know about new tart cherry gummies tart cherry gummies from the makers of super beats art shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries they're vegan non-gmo they have zero sugar and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. This is interesting. Men age faster than women, and they're biologically four years older by the time they're 50. This is according to some study scientists have been undertaking where experts were measuring people's biological age and how much their cells have aged. 
and they found that men were actually biologically older than women born in the same year. The difference remained when factoring in smoking, obesity, and alcohol use. So they're anti-aging researchers. They said men, specifically men in their 50s, were biologically four years older than their female counterparts on average. So dudes, if you're out there, even if she's the same age as you, you can still say that she's four years younger because technically, actually, I mean, science looks like they're proving it true. So you can just be like, yeah, I'm robbing the cradle. I mean, scientifically, she's four years younger than me. So you can you can totally say that. That's legit. I'll back you. Uh, also, China's TikTok app, TikTok app. This is why I don't have this on my phone. People are like, why are you not on there? Um, Because I hate communists. That's why. Apparently, their app is tracking people like a freak, even if they don't use the app. So even if they're not using it, Consumer Reports came out with this. So it's not like it's, you know, conspiracy theory, you know, the sky is falling, chicken little stuff. Consumer Reports says that TikTok tracks all that you do all across the web, even if you don't use the app at all. They said they use the same, some of the same techniques as Google and Meta to collect personal data, but they go so far beyond what you know really what they do if you go to for instance uh like a church website tiktok hears about it uh if you join weight watchers consumer report says tiktok hears about it uh they said that the arizona department of economic security tells tiktok when you view pages concerned with domestic violence or food assistance oh my gosh that it's ever and tiktok records everything and they save it it goes far beyond what basic tracking does so why is it on your phone why would you have it so this is a little crazy uh, apparently, so the, you know the new iPhone, they have a crash, a new car crash detection safety feature, but it's kind of causing some headaches for people with repeated false positives, particularly at theme parks. So according to Wall Street Journal, they reported that there have been some Kings Island and then Dollywood amusement parks have reported that guests with the new Apple phones, they trigger the safety device that automatically dials 911 whenever users are on roller coasters. So apparently people have been on roller coasters and the phone just freaks out and calls 911 thinking they're there in an accident. Whew. We have a lot more on the way. That boondoggle rail system, wokery and more. Stick with us. Dana Lash here for Arc Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about Arc Seed Kits. You can visit Arc, A-R-K, ArcSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, Arc Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today.
Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. Well, this is clear to the American people now. It it did not have to happen. Uh, This wasn't the fault of gasoline um, distributors that are out there gouging the people. It's not because of greedy oil companies. And it's frankly not even because of uh, uh, Russia's invasion. I will suggest to you, had the Biden administration not shut down the XL pipeline, closed down offshore drilling, made it uh, impossible practically to uh, get leases on federal land, that we still would be producing close to 13, maybe even more million barrels a day in the United States. That's former Texas Governor Rick Perry, who was under President Trump, the energy secretary and you know he actually knew about energy and knew about he knew about that stuff welcome back to the program dana lash here with you bottom of our first hour this tuesday ladies and gentlemen and so that he what he's saying there is correct and i'm still amazed that it People apparently think that this is just because of energy producers or that it's, you know, it's Putin. It's not anything related to Biden, even though, interestingly enough, as I was telling you, the top 10 priorities of Americans, I mean, employment, economy, jobs, immigration, all of that is like right up there at the top. Very interesting there. They and, and those are the those are the top issues. Being able to afford energy, being able to afford gas, these are all top issues. It's not what you would think. I want to get into, uh, I have a couple of other uh, things here, golly, including some really, really dumb audio sound bites. I wanted to touch on this thing with PayPal. I actually don't use PayPal. And I don't, if I, if there's something that requires PayPal, I just don't use it. I just won't use it at all if it requires PayPal. So PayPal didn't actually back down. If you were unfamiliar with, if you're unfamiliar with the story, what ended up happening is that PayPal decided to uh, create this policy where it's their acceptable use policy. They decided to update it and it warned PayPal users that you have to adhere to the terms of their policy or it may constitute a violation of the PayPal user agreement and subject you to damages, including liquidated damages of $2,500 per violation. And they said that it may be debited directly from your PayPal account as out- outlined in the user agreement. Now, if you went to the restricted activities and holds section, you would find a whole big list of no-nos, including obviously fraud and selling counterfeit goods and things you know of that nature. However, what was included on this list of no-nos is you were disallowed from providing, quote, false, inaccurate, or misleading inf- information. Now, you might think, okay, well, I understand, you know, not providing misleading information. What's so wrong about that? The thing that's wrong about it is that in every other facet of society, misinformation has been construed to mean disagreement, disagreement with anything. So who is ultimately the arbiter of what is or is not misinformation? Do their political beliefs inform 
their definition of misinformation. And that's what we have no guarantees on. So just going by everything that we've seen on every other social media and with all of the ESG stuff taking place, I mean, dare I go on? I mean, there's like so many things here. With all this stuff that's out there, think about this. So ultimately, misinformation could mean they don't like your politics and then here you go. $2,500 out of your account. So what is in misinformation? They actually, they, I mean, they have the prohibited activities, they have that listed. So if you went on their acceptable use policy page, you'd see prohibited activities and they find forbidden, quote, the promotion of hate, violence, racial or other forms of intolerance that is discriminatory or the financial exploitation of a crime. Now, you might think again, well, this is what's wrong with that? I mean, are you actually wanting to go out and engage in any kind of hate or violence or any kind of racial or other forms of intolerance that is discriminatory or the financial exploitation of a crime? Because if you're not doing those things, then what do you have to worry? Again, I go back to how they are widely defined in society. Any kind of disagreement is now considered hate. Simply saying that you support your Second Amendment right of self-defense, for instance, is classified as hate. People think it is hateful. They do. They think it's hateful to even talk about it. It's hateful. I've had entities that I did not want to work with anymore in terms of advertising that wanted, oh, well, maybe don't uh, talk uh, too, if you talk about firearms, don't get into too specific of a nature with it. You know, some people think it's violent. Just talking about the features of a perfectly illegal to own inanimate object is violent? No. Words aren't violence. Violence is violence. Antifa burning down blocks is violence. BLM helping them burn down blocks, engaging in actual assault. That's violence. Actions are violent. Words are not. And so that's kind of, I think, the objection that I and many others have. Because so many things now, simple disagreement is promoted as hate, is promoted as violence. Simply saying that women exist is considered discriminatory. You're called the sexist slur turf for saying that simply women exist. So that's the issue here. Talking about having strong border security is considered hateful and violent. Saying that you have a right to defend your life or defend yourself against an attacker is considered hateful or violent. Everything is hateful or violent if it doesn't completely correspond 100% with what the left believes. And the issue that I have with that is this is if this is used as a measure to determine even this financial arrangement here, well, that's a major issue because then someone could just uh, at their discretion, however, they decide to define what is hate or what is violence. And as I just explained to you, some people on the left think that simple speech by itself is violence. Well, then you, my goodness, you could lose twenty five hundred dollars simply because you say that women have women exist. That's a huge problem. You're not allowed to betray the dogma that is the progressive left. You are not allowed to, there's no nuance that is allowed on the left. None. So they had this and it, and it was apparently something that they could enforce at their discretion, PayPal. So you would be fine for spreading misinformation if you suggested that women exist. But 
it actually, I mean, and it threatens to find you for hate and intolerance. And if you don't like drag queens, the PJ Media said, well, what if you don't like drag queens that are in schools, primary schools? Well, that's intolerance. It could cost you $2,500. And that's just for one offense alone. I mean, does anyone actually want to work with PayPal and then turn and then find that they are going to be charged like $10,000 just because you happen to be a conservative? Heavens. But they, PayPal, after all of this came out and people started objecting to it, then PayPal tried to walk it back. No, no, no. They tried to, they, and by the way, this, this wasn't people misreading or reading too much into this. I mean, that one of the uh, Eugene uh, Volokh, who's over at Reason, was saying, yeah, this is what this means. Even if it's not considered misinformation, this absolutely is not being exaggerated. And I have to say that typically I find some of the folks at Reason to be um, almost killjoys. So not not really prone to any kind of enthusiasm or any happiness at all whatsoever kind of just killjoys so when they say this i mean i think you should you know take it a little bit seriously i mean there's no way to misread what their acceptable use policy was so they were trying to paypal was desperately trying to walk away from it and act as though this was, you know, it was something that was just being exaggerated, but unfortunately it's not. So a lot of people were closing their PayPal accounts. Thankfully, I don't have one. If I did, I would have already closed it because this is just silly. It's silly. I, and I don't want to work with, I don't want to work with anyone, anybody like that. I don't think you would either to have something. Well, we're just going to take your money if we don't like your views. So they absolutely took a beating and they said that, they ended up saying, they told uh, the press, they released a statement saying, no, 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 uh, it was an incorrect information. It was incorrect information. What? It wasn't incorrect. People were reading it verbatim. The attorneys that were writing about it were reading it verbatim. But you know, the, the members of the press that love to just not see, they, they, can't, they, they can't imagine, they can't see stories in front of them. They were saying that, oh, this is how conservatives interpret it. Well, there were non-conservatives who were absolutely accurately interpreting this information. So does this, Steve was saying Venmo is bigger than PayPal, and that's their parent company. I haven't seen where Ven, Venmo did this, but PayPal definitely did. Yeah, I don't, so uh, Venmo makes, Venmo made $850 million in revenue last year, and they make more than PayPal, but they're like a subsidiary. They're an LLC. Since 2012. Mm. So it's interesting to see if PayPal will have an effect on this or what, you know, because everyone uses Venmo now. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'll use Venmo, but I don't. Yeah, I don't use PayPal. I haven't. I I don't think I've ever used PayPal, but I would hope that Venmo wouldn't. I mean, usually and, and, and what's weird is that, I mean, particularly Venmo, it's just, you know, it's just you're completing a transaction. I don't know how there it's just facilitating a transaction so i don't even know how you would even engage with venmo which by the way just to clarify for people tuning in i don't think that they've adopted that weirdo paypal policy but because it's just a it's just facilitates transactions it's not like there's any room for sort of expression or a marketplace or something like that so even if they did you'd have to think well how are they what are they using what criteria are they using to evaluate their decision since the platform doesn't really allow for anything like that. And then that makes me would make me totally suspicious. But 
you know, are they spying on what you do on social media? I don't know. But PayPal said that they were trying to backtrack, but alas, uh, it that's not the case. Not the case at all. Now, a few other things here to get into. I don't know if you heard this. Um, it's this. It, it came out yesterday, and we talked about it right at the end of the program. And I actually was listening to this audio. Joe Biden left this very tearful voicemail where he was talking to his son, Hunter. And he was saying that he knows he's, he said, you, you got it. The quote was, you got to get some help if you don't know what to do. I know you don't know what to do. I don't either. So this was October 15th, three days after Hunter Biden purchased his handgun, October 15th, 2018. It was approximately three days. The voicemail was left three days after Hunter Biden bought this gun and lied about being a drug addict on his 4473. There's enough information here where if they wanted to charge Hunter Biden for falsifying a 4473, they could. There is no way that you did you would not have enough information. There are people who have been hit with more for less. This is whether or not the administration, they, they don't want to arrest him. They don't want to arrest him. That's just kind of all there is to it. And so Joe Biden left this voicemail where he was saying, please get help. Please, you know, all of this stuff. Again, right three days after he goes and he buys this handgun and then uh, apparently... You know, there was the situation with his sister-in-law slash lover who took the gun out of his truck and then threw it away in a trash can legit right across the street from a school, which I would imagine violates the the federal uh, gun-free zone schools act. So I'm which I why wasn't that investigated? I mean, there's all these questions, a million questions. So no accountability. I mean, there are text messages proving this, all kinds of stuff proving this. And nothing yet. Hmm. We'll talk more about why. Uh, also, coming up, gosh, we have a lot. Economy, energy, the boondoggle rail system uh, to get into. And bad plane etiquette. What would you do if you were on a flight and someone that had long hair who was sitting in front of you draped their hair over the back of the seat to the point where it would touch the tray that you would unfold from the seat in front of you? How would you take that? We're going to discuss that as well because the internet has thoughts folks stop overpaying and let recoil gunworks be your go-to for ammo this is a great indiana based company and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013 small midwest town in their basement and uh, family owned they think like us and they're really known for over at recoil gunworks they're web-based firearms ammo and accessories retailer they're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape they pick them including the firearms the lights the sights the scopes tasers and more you can buy now pay later no interest and at recoil gunworks they have very very competitive pricing super easy to use website as well just visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana you can search for whatever you need by caliber weight application you can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions 
on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana of all your favorite talk hosts one of these is not like the others the dana show uh, nobody should have to go to jail for smoking weed right yeah. And then we are, to your point, urging, and the president has been very clear, we're urging governors and states to take our lead and to pardon people who have been criminalized for possession of marijuana. Okay, well, you did it. You literally did it when you were in California. What in the world? I mean, she's, you know, there's this thing called the Internet. People can go back and look. I mean, speaking of the justice system... I mean, she's, that's her entire legacy. She sent over 1,500 people to prison for marijuana offenses. So it's like, it's Kamala versus Kamala. So, the, it, I mean, good heavens. I don't know. I mean, she, I mean, her record, she got called out during the debates on her record. All the people that she sent for the very offenses that she's saying they shouldn't be in prison for now. I mean, over 1,500 people. And then when she was asked, oh, have you ever smoked marijuana? She just kind of laughed about it. That's her legacy. She's, you know, part of it. You have Joe Biden with his insane crime bill, which, you know, increased incarceration rate. And then you have Kamala Harris who wanted to send everybody to jail for those minor offenses that now, I don't think, no, and I don't think that it's, Normally, I'm like, oh, someone comes around with the overcriminalization of everything. I, but I don't believe that she has. I just think that this is a way for her to try to swindle support because heaven knows that their policies aren't doing it. I mean, she was in Texas, didn't even talk about the border. She was in Austin at a uh, at an event answering questions, didn't even bring up the border. How are you going to be in Texas? And you're not going to be going down to the border. You're not going to be going down to Del Rio. You're not going to be going down to RGV. You're not going to be going down to the most crossed sectors in the southern border. And you're not even going to bring the issue up. It's kind of nuts. And by kind of, I mean lots. Goodness. Now, coming up, we got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, I want to ask you the question about the plane etiquette. I'm curious. If someone has long hair and they drape it over their, their seat in front of you on a plane and it touches your tray table... What do you do? My first answer would be to cut it for them. But I know that that's not, you know, I'm assaulted by their hair, but, you know, who wins? What would your what would you do, though? Like, how do you? There are people that have pictures of this. We're going to talk about this and a ton of other stuff, economy and more. Stick with us. Second hour on the way. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? 
When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem and if we agree that, that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution, right? When we first came in office, the first bill that we proposed was for a pathway for citizenship, was to fix a broken immigration system, which was broken under the previous administration. You literally repealed the Remain in Mexico policy, which made it worse. What are you talking about? You inherited nothing. You made it so much worse. Welcome back to the program. Second hour, your lovable curmudgeon here with you, Dana Lash. Always good to join all of you as we get through this week together here this Tuesday. That was the Vice President of the United States who was saying that it was a dereliction of duty for Republican governors to send people who enter the country illegally to Washington, D.C. and places like near her residence, et cetera, et cetera. She's, they've been doing their duty is the problem. They don't, they don't have to keep people who entered the country illegally. Where's the duty to the taxpayer? I owe no one anything. I, I, I owe no one nothing. I don't owe anyone my loyalty particularly those who haven't shown it to me, and I don't know anybody my money, particularly people who haven't earned it. I don't know. I'm just, maybe that's just, we're old school. We're all old school. But to allege that Republican governors aren't doing their duty, they've been doing their duty. It's the federal government that's not doing theirs. Federal government's trying to create, you know, this two-tier situation where they want an open border, but they only want all of the issues associated with having an open border to stay in those border towns. They want those poor border town folks to be able to, they want them to handle everything and they won't help them with any of it. They won't help them with, re- they don't even allow them, if they try to detain people and send them back, their lawsuits coming out of the DOJ. Jane Brewer can tell you all about that when she was governor of Arizona. So this uh, idea that it's a dereliction of duty, they're doing their duty. The towns have been doing their duty. Taxpayers of border states have been doing their duty. The people who haven't been doing their duty are those quote-unquote sanctuary cities and the leaders of which who've been freaking out simply because they're being held to their policy standard. It's a pretty amazing thing. They're being held to their policy standard as they should be. Now, Democrats have, oh boy, I have a lot of... <laughs> A lot of headlines on this. We got a lot to get into here coming up for midterms. But I also have a couple of other things that I want to hit, including the one that I've been talking about with this. I'm going to kind of, you know, give us a little bit of break here because we got to go back to some of the uh, uh, 
economic and all of this other energy, particularly. That's, I don't know, maybe it's just our society. But it just seems that there is such a callous disregard of basic consideration. No one's considerate anymore. There's no, nobody's considerate. Case in point. So this uh, flight that was from Athens to Amsterdam. And I've seen a lot of this discussion online. This woman who was sitting in front of this guy decided to... uh, put her throw her hair over the chair and it was an actually sorry it was a it was a woman behind her onto traveler traveler julie christensen's tray table because the woman in front of her had long hair she flipped her hair up over the seat and her hair then pulled onto the i mean reached all the way down to the tray table used by the woman who was sitting behind her And she said it was like that for most of the trip. Christensen thought she gave an interview to Fox 5 Atlanta. She says, I I thought, is this normal? They were even near the top of her coffee cup. She said she was too tired to confront the woman. Julie Christensen is apparently a traveler uh, and writes about traveling and food. And she said the flight had already been delayed, but she thought it was behavior that was, it was bad behavior that was, that was wrong. And she said she was, Sitting in an emergency aisle with extra leg room. I've seen that. I've seen this happen, though, to people who haven't been in a, an emergency aisle with extra leg room. So everyone, the, the video went viral. And people were bashing the woman for having poor manners. And they they told Christensen, you should have put her hair in, the, in her coffee cup. And Christensen said, oh, I could never do that. She said, people get fired up because it's a rude thing to do. Maybe other people would have acted differently. I think if you tell the person and then they, I don't know, I'm, I'm of a couple, I, I'm of two minds. I'm like, I don't know, maybe you tell the person. It would just have to be, I guess, if I, what kind of mood I was in. Because otherwise, I think I would probably put her hair in the coffee and then I would call the flight attendant over and say, oh my gosh, can I have a new cup of coffee? Because this woman just flicked her hair over the tray and got coffee everywhere with her hair. Can you, and I would say it loud enough for her to hear me. So that way, when she brought her hair back forward, she would have coffee all over it. I mean, that's just kind of you run the risk of doing that of of or I would accidentally. Oh, I just don't want you to get gum in your hair. My gum specifically all in your hair. So maybe you should move. I don't know. Would you say anything to her, Steve? Would you how would you what would you do? You know, you could do is uh, lift the tray table and close it. So you pinch the hair and make it. Pull that's actually out the really, back. I mean, that's actually a really smart thing. How I mean, how inconsiderate. You cannot tell me that someone who is alive now in 2022 doesn't realize that that's so incredibly rude to do. You're in someone else's space. That's nasty. I don't care if her hair looks nice. She could have lice. It's nasty. That's nasty. Hair is, I think people give that stuff a pass. Hair, it's just as, some people's hair is just as nasty as feet. It's just gross. I, I did tell you guys about the time that I was on the uh, flight and somebody decided to take their shoes off it was this weird dude and he had bare feet and I had my arm on the armrest and you know how there's like an opening where the elbow is and I felt something cold and clammy touch my elbow and I'll be damned it was this man's bare foot and I did not even skip a beat I thought that is so nasty so I turned around and I said excuse me sir uh but I'm gonna need you to take your feet off of my armrest because they're touching me or I'm going to punch them off your ankles I said it just like that and he had looked at me like, I think she might be serious. And so he took his feet. To, he didn't even say anything. He didn't say sorry, nothing. 
he just kind of very slowly kind of he gave me this look like you're nuts and yes I will totally punch your feet off you because you're assaulting me with your nasty feet I would have punched them off your ankles and he find he moved it he didn't do it again but I'm I'm just like I'm not with something like that I'm not even messing not even messing that's battery with your toe it's disgusting can't deal certain thing I have my lines guys I have my lines that there is no no man's land it's just that you are either over it or you are not but that was but yeah the hair and you I mean that's just it might look clean because some people were talking online and saying her her hair you know it was probably freshly if your hair's freshly washed you're not gonna be putting it all over the plane seat like that you know people sneeze on the back they sneeze in their seats and they get their germs all over the back of the chair that's nasty 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 Oh, my gosh. Would you actually do that? Would you legit put the tray table up? No, because I don't want to face the repercussions of it. What repercussions would there be? Someone screaming at me. I don't like people. I don't like I'd be like, oh, I didn't see your long hair there. I cl- Oops. I, I clearly it. saw it if I shut it on on purpose. Oh, you could be like, I was reading something on my phone. I didn't even see. The, the, the difference I, is. Like, I, the coffee thing is believable. Yeah. The, th- the thing is, like, people in first class, no offense, like, try to, like, they always have their hair down. And then if you go to business class, like, people hate traveling. So everybody's hair's up. So rarely do you see hair down in coach, but people's hair's down always in first class. I've seen hair down like this in coach. I totally have. I've seen this exact thing happen literally across the aisle from me. I can't remember where, I think we're actually going to DC or coming from DC, going back to Dallas. And I saw some woman do this and she had hair that was really long. And I think he actually, the guy had to get a flight attendant because he couldn't even put his laptop up. Um, her hair would flip over his laptop screen and he was like oh my gosh i have to work and i just kind of looked at him and it was one of those things where you're like oh my gosh is that happening to you and he's like yes this is crazy and he's like kind of gesturing to her hair and my husband we were he was he was sitting right next to me we're like what is happening here like how is this it was just gross it was gross i don't know and she just seemed like she was kind of put out by you know having to you know that's, that's why I, and, and I totally would have I would do the coffee thing I'm not even I'm not even gonna lie to you I wouldn't even skip a beat I'd be like this is nasty your hair's getting coffeed sorry like oh I guess ma'am can I have another cup of coffee because uh, she just you know she got her hair in it and I just you know could have lice I don't want to drink lice coffee isn't there some then, isn't there some rumor about like airplane coffee like you shouldn't have it isn't it like a, a yeah weird I would not have it theory? but I would specifically order it for this instance <laughs> okay got it See, so wait, this is how, can I just stop for a minute? So we're going to get back to the meat and potatoes. This is how girls deal with stuff and how dudes deal with stuff. Like dudes are very straight on. You guys will be like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to get yelled at. Girls will strategize like that Charlie Day meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like we will sit there and we will have like a whole like general Patton field op, right? Like, okay, we're going to do that. I mean, and it's that level of pettiness. Chicks are petty. We are. If they say they're not, they're also liars. So just so you know, if you if if a girl ever tells you that she's not petty, she's lying. This is why I'm like, if you had a woman, I always go back to Lord of the Rings. Everyone thought Sauron was evil. Galadriel, if she would have gotten the one ring, Sauron would have been a punk. She would have been so much. She even told Frodo. She's like, I'd be so much worse. Oh, my gosh. You don't even know what you're doing. You're offering me this thing. You're nuts. I, Women are just like that. I saw someone it, on the Internet this week and it said that uh, dudes will barely know someone and they'll talk crap about them. Girls will know you deeply and still talk crap about you. Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, totally. It's just the it's the that's just how it is. That is how it is. So I if she had done this and the, and, and like this Christensen woman, she just she took a video of it. 
I mean, just like low key. It's this. I bet the broad in front of her doesn't even know. I bet she doesn't even know that this woman was taking a video of her and all this stuff, video of her hair, recording her hair. That's just chicks are different, man. I'm just saying they're different. There's a whole thing there. Everybody's a woman's like, mm-hmm, that's right. That's why you just don't, you know, you don't want to mess with women. Guys don't see the women wars like that. You guys don't see it. Women see it. We live it. I've seen it. I mean, even just like little plane things like this, like little little interactions on airplanes. Women have a whole different approach to dealing with shenanigans than guys do. Guys are like, okay, let's deal with the shenanigans. We're done dealing with them. We're good. Women are like, but are we though? Really? Did we get everything on our list? I mean, it's it's just, it's very, very different. Very different. You guys know. I totally would have coffeeed her hair though. And then would have been like, I'm so sorry. I just, uh, her hair got in the coffee and I just, it just made a mess. It's all over the tray. I don't, can I just have some napkins? And, and then what would happen is the flight attendant would say, ma'am, you're making a mess. Can you remove your hair back here? And then she would be, bring her hair up and be like, oh my gosh, it's got coffee everywhere. You see how, you see this? It's a punishment without being a punishment. And the woman behind you, even though she turned into the aggressor, doesn't have to take responsibility for doing so. Boom, done. That's how women handle it. Y'all know I'm right. Y'all know. Uh, I have a couple of other things to hit, including uh, coming up in midterms. Whew. Did y'all see this story that just dropped on Free Beacon? Let me set you up. So Raphael Warnock's church pays thousands of dollars a month for his home. They own, the church apparently owns a bunch of other property at Columbia Tower at MLK Village. Like 99% they own it. And apparently they're kicking out people. Uh, the buildings received over $15 million in taxpayer funding and the average rent owned, uh, owed by residents clocked in at $125 a month. They have been filing eviction lawsuits against all these residents. So the headline now is Raphael Warnock's church pays thousands for his house and evicts the poor from theirs. Dang, man, I'm telling you what the October surprises just keep on a coming rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation and sign up for this new completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oops, oops. The Colorado Secretary of State, Democrat Jenna Griswold's office, says they accidentally, accidentally, guys, sent 30,000 voter registration notices to people who are not citizens. Uh, Telling them to register to vote when they wouldn't be able to. 30,000. 
thousand. Thirty thousand. They said that they're now sending notices to people who mistakenly received the postcards, telling people that you're not going to be. Able, oh my gosh! I just think now you got to spend more money and use more trees to send this out. That's insane. Ninety-nine percent of Florida now has power back. Rapid recovery. Over 99%. They have power restored in Florida. Access has been open to battered areas. Rapid recovery efforts are still underway following Hurricane Ian's landfall last week, which hit the West Coast portion of the state. And uh, over the weekend, the now people have access to Fort Myers Beach. That was one of the hardest hit areas from the hurricane. And 99% of power has been restored. I'm going to contrast this with the rail that they tried to build in California coming up. Uh, also, ooh, let me pull this up. This is a, um, I don't know what vehicle this is. So this is Rivian, the Irvine, California-based EV company. I don't like the way the car looks, I guess. So that's probably why. Uh, they said that all of the uh, vehicles, that were calling all of them because they have to tighten a loose fastener in the front suspension. So that involves 12,212 electric pickups, vans, and SUVs, according to paperwork that the company filed with the Highway Traffic Safety Administration. They said that they sent messages to their customers to inform them of the recall. Several issues have been reported, but no injuries thus far. So they're recalling all of those so they can literally tighten a bolt. Uh, police warn Oregon beachgoers about grenades washing to shore. Newport officers said three devices had washed onto the beach and they instructed the public not to handle or move them. They said that uh, there are some M11 uh, 6A1s. The grenades, white in color, cylindrical in shape. Uh, they said if you encounter the device, call police. They're trying to figure out how this is happening, but they think it could be. Uh, they said it was labeled inert and could be used for training. We'll see. Stick with us. We've got a midterm update coming up, too. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. And and everybody from the, the prison guards all the way on up agrees. And I would just ask anyone, your mother or anyone, it, it's like, have you seen the Shawshank Redemption? Because almost oh everybody gosh. has. And it's like, would you vote to give Morgan Freeman um, a chance or not? And and I have never met any single person that says, yes, he should die in prison. Oh, my gosh. That's dumber when I hear it through my earbuds than when I just watched the video. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. We're all in disbelief. That's uh, the that's John Fetterman from Pennsylvania trying to defend his let all the criminals out of the jails proposal. That's his that's how he would deal with crime. 
Well, I mean, I've asked people. I mean, you saw that movie. Would you not release Morgan Freeman? I mean, come on. You mean the fictional character in the movie, which was fictional, the, the based on a book? Yeah. Oh man, man. I saw this. Was it New York? Da- Hang on. Was it New York Daily News? I'm asking myself this because I look at so many things throughout the day. I know I was making fun of it. I think it was New York Daily News, where they had, they were they were trying to defend really badly John Fetterman and it wasn't going well I don't think it was going real well for him New York Magazine so they said they they're trying to paint him as the victim he's trying to flip Pennsylvania seat he's he's fending off a celebrity doctor poor John Fetterman they said that he has folkloric statue stature folkloric stature and said that now listen here's my favorite part they tweeted, Fetterman to find the right wing caricatures of the contemporary left is elite and out of touch. Uh, he because he was self self evidently none of those things. The pieces, the vulnerability of John Fetterman. Wow. Really? You don't think he was? He legit lives in a bougie loft that has been featured on home design shows that his sister bought for him. Oh, 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 he gave a dollar so he can say that he purchased it from her. <laughs> okay. And he got an allowance, a straight up allowance from his parents into his 50s so he didn't have to work. And then let's not forget how he once grabbed a shotgun and r- ran down and held at gunpoint legit the first black jogger he saw after after hearing fireworks and being weirded out by that. To say nothing of him using the local police force to go after people who disagreed with his mayoral tenure. And then he didn't even show up for the job when he was lieutenant governor, right? I mean, there is no... This guy's a stooge. He's He's been that way for his entire life. His whole family coddles him. And I guess now they want to just push him onto the state. You guys take care of him and raise him now. You guys deal with Fetterman. You guys... What can I just how is he's an elitist because his parents paid him not to work into his 50s. Can you imagine? How embarrassing. How embarrassing. And here we were making fun of Hunter Biden. Golly, what is up with these like some of these dudes in the party in the Democrat Party? You just have your I, I mean, I can't imagine I cannot imagine giving my kids an allowance until they were in their 50s. I cannot imagine. But this guy lived off it. Didn't even buy his bougie loft. Oh, but he's one of us. He wears a hoodie, guys. I mean, you know, not everybody wears a hoodie. Just the everyman. Wow, you're a moron. But that's how it's being presented. Not kidding. I mean, I we've got some of the weirdest choices. I was talking to a friend about this earlier. We got some of the weirdest choices. Actually, I was talking to um, my agent about this earlier this morning because we like check in and we were talking about stuff. And he's he he thinks that he's a Democrat and he's not because every time he talks, all I hear is Tocqueville. He thinks that he's a Democrat and he is totally not even a Democrat. And he asks all the questions and makes all the like he just he basically questions everything his party does. I think some people. They just think that they are because it's all they've known. And when in a spent, he's like grown up in New York. So that's all he's ever known. Right. And we were both saying that in some of these races, 
there just have been some really weird choices by both parties. Like, I look at this Warnock thing, and he agrees with me. He's like, I have no idea why they decided, why Democrats decided Warnock was the guy for them. Now, people get mad at me because I say things like, I want to control the Senate. Well, what in the world are you having an election for if you're not trying to figure out who controls the Senate? They're just mad at me because I'm being honest and I'm blowing up their game. That's why they're mad at me. Hi. So, we were talking about, for instance, Warnock, because this dude has some very... He's got baggage. I I mean, there's the video of his wife who is super upset and she's in tears and she's trying to calm herself down and she's talking to police and she was telling them how Warnock ran her over or tried to run her over with the car. And Democrats are like, he only ran over her foot. Come on. It was a domestic incident issue. And apparently he sounds kind of abusive just from what I've heard and from what the wife has said. But the, the Democrats are out there. No, no, no. It's a... I mean, yeah, me too and all that. But he just ran over her foot. Shut up. He just ran over her foot. Well, I guess we better be glad that he didn't go full Teddy Kennedy and run into a murky pond and leave her in there, right? I mean, damn, we all know the Democrats don't have no problem with people who use cars to take out women. So, okay. I mean, it's just wild. Anyway, so we were talking about Warnock. And then I see this story come up because I asked my friend, I was like, I, or he, and he's my friend I asked him I was like so does it you know he's a preacher and all that does that and he's like that doesn't mean anything to me especially because he seems so compromised anybody can say they're a preacher I mean you have what's his face Al Sharpton walking around oh I'm Reverend Sharpton what re- Reverend I mean that that kind of that indicates that you have a flock that you're taking care of not fleecing but I digress so Warnock does the same thing so this story came out from the free beacon. Man, October is when you get all the goodies. October's the goodie month. That's the goodie month for politics. <laughs> it's like it's like a Tropic Thunder. Welcome to the goodie room. All right, so the the new the new bombshell that's out. <laughs> this is the free beacon where they said that Raphael Warnock's church, they pay him, dang. They do pay him $7,417 a month for housing. That man gets over $7,000 a month for housing? Just for housing. Oh, my gosh. And the they also, his church apparently also owns a low-income apartment building. And they've been trying to evict residents. Like, for instance, one person was late, $28 in rent, and they try to evict them. Man alive. And so the headline, quote, they treat me like a piece of redacted. Raphael Warnock's church pays for his home, and it's also trying to evict the poor from theirs. Now, I'll say this. There's two ways to look at this. I look at this story, and I'm like, well, yeah, you got to pay your rent. I get it. But I also look at it like, hmm, he was of the party that wanted everybody to stay locked down. He was of the party that wanted everybody to not go to work. He was of the party that wanted to basically use financial eminent domain and seize the ability of people to go and earn a living. So are you shocked that people who are already struggling and who already are in this lower income apartment building are having difficulty in meeting their rent? And instead, the good reverend 
decides to go along with evicting people instead of recognizing. I mean, I, isn't that what Democrats love to do? They love to blame everybody else for other people's circumstances. And I will say that financial hardship from the past couple of years, I think this is one of the first times you actually can blame something else because the government went out and stopped you from earning a living. This is one of the times where I will come out there and be like, yes, you know what? You're right. They actually did make it harder for everybody. They committed financial eminent domain. They seized your ability to earn a living. And you got the Reverend Warnock out here when he's not trying to Ted Kennedy, his wife, who's out here going along with getting these people evicted out of their apartment buildings. $28 in rent. You didn't just reach in your pocket and be like, here, I'm going to cover this for you. You didn't just reach up in your pocket and get $28.55. I'm not kidding you. That is the exact total. And stop this person from being evicted during a pandemic. Are you kidding me? But you know, the limousine progressives and all. Jeez. I, I mean, I just is shocked. I'm shocked. They said that the figure for the total sum of the past due rents, you're going to fall over. $4,900. That's less than what he gets a month for his housing. That's just one of Raphael Warnock's housing. That's just one month. Because his is like, what, what is it, over $7,000? So the lawsuits were filed by Ebenezer Baptist Church's business partner, Columbia Residential, the 1% owner with the building. They manage the day-to-day operations. And, you know, because Warnock is, he is an ally to the struggling Georgians working to meet rent in the face of the pandemic. And it's not like his church is, is as free beacon notes. They got the financial statements. It's not like they're hard up for cash. They, co- they closed out with cash and cash equivalents that were exceeded $1.2 million. But yet you got Columbia Residential going after people with $28 in past rent. There was a, 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 a 69-year-old, in fact, Columbia Tower resident, Philip White, a 69-year-old African-American who served in Vietnam, got an eviction notice on September 20th because he didn't make a $192 rent payment. Dang. And he paid up pre- previously when he fell behind. But he also cited the pandemic. He also noted how difficult it was to go out and work and how people had to go and live off their savings and run that through because everything was shut, everything was shut down. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And that's happening in Georgia. So that's what Raphael Warnock's got to contend with. <sighs> I'm telling you. Now, I want to look at Nevada here real quick. Oof. Republicans are getting super excited about Nevada. Just before you get too excited, win the race first, okay? And then get all excited. So you have Adam Laxalt. And I'm going to tell you, if anybody can do it, it's Laxalt. He's up to want 2.1 now. The latest RCP average. I got some new data in for you. Uh, a CNN poll. So I looked at this. I broke this out. <laughs> CNN poll has him up too. <laughs> oh man, it's rough. It's rough, man. They can't even. There's no way you can pepper this ground. There's no way you can season this to make this make this pretty for Cortez Masto, his camp, his opponent, the Democrat. So now, officially, two, three, four, five. The last six polls, Laxalt's leading. The biggest lead he had. Uh, was a Republican firm, uh, the Trafalgar Group, and that was when he was plus four. Insider Advantage had him at a plus three. I think he's probably a little over plus two, close to where the average has him. Uh, and so 
this is it's going to be close, but this looks to be a flippable race. Cortez Masto has been spending millions for ads in the state of Nevada. If they can flip this seat, that means that the and the more ahead too that Laxalt gets, that means that any kind of funds or anything that could be needed to help push in Georgia or uh, Ohio even or Pennsylvania, Republicans can do that. So we. I just I get frustrated because we have these three other Senate races that are just mad hattery. Ohio's getting less so because I think Vance has found his stride. I think he went through a little populism identity kind of crisis, and I think he's found his stride. Pennsylvania, you just got to do what you got to do. Georgia, you got to do what you got to do. You know, Democrats are for crying out loud. And one last thing, and this is in Utah. Mike Lee was ahead of McMuffin. Sorry, I'm just going to call him that because that's his name forever to me. He's uh, leading Romney McMuffin by four points. That's that's that guy's name. We're going to call him that. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana 972-PATRIOT. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Oh boy. All right. So first up, a Florida man threw some drugs out the window and then crashed his car in Port St. Lucie. The Port St. Lucie Police Department arrested a man after detectives say he threw drugs out of the window while evading police. Detectives worked alongside the DEA to arrest Ethan Blair, age 41, after he traveled from Merritt Island to sell one and a half pounds of methamphetamine to detectives for $13,000. After it was revealed that he was under arrest, Blair then attempted to flee the scene in his SUV. He didn't get very far. He struck several curbs, discarded meth randomly out of the window, and then finally crashed his vehicle into the nearby bushes. He was promptly arrested by detectives for trafficking methamphetamine, destroying evidence, and possession of drug equipment. He's at the St. Lucie County Jail on a $121,000 bond. Like, what is the point of throwing your drugs out the window in front of police who can watch you throw the drugs out your window and are recording you throwing your drugs out your window on their dashboard cams? I mean, he, you know, these, he, these, this fella isn't a genius, so don't ask him. Oh, man, this, this was... So the long story short, Florida a, a police officer, golly, it's a Delray Beach police officer. He was arrested on seven charges. Three of them were felonies because he interfered with firefighters. He antagonized the crews. He drove on the grass around the firefighting equipment, punctured and disabled the fire hose, and nearly ran over another officer who was trying to stop him. And then he tried to flee the scene. 
So it's a very busy afternoon for Peter Sosa, age 42. He was arrested Sunday by Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, and he posted bond uh, at the jail later that night. He made his first appearance Monday with bond conditions modified by Judge Howard Coates. No contact with the uh, all the people, apparently, that he like lost his mind at. So apparently... He uh, he's on administrative leave after the arrest and after beside the charge of aggravated assault on an officer. Oh, paramedic and EMT. His other charges are felony criminal mischief, a thousand dollars or more felony prevention or obstruction, extinguishment of a fire, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he um, man, he lost his mind. Uh, What happened is they and officers even were trying to stop Sosa. Uh, when all of this happened. So all we know, I, I mean, he's, this was, this was a crazy story. So that's why I say you black, you, you back lawful enforcement of constitutional law. There you go. He was trying to apparently interfere with the crew, trying to put out the uh, house fire. Oh gosh, we're going to have more Florida man tomorrow. In the meantime, though, third hour on the way, I got some wokery for you and uh, the Winchester house of public works. Stick with us. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. Do you worry that people are losing the imagination for fiction? Um, Because we are in this sort of hyper-stimulating world where we're bombarded constantly with notifications from real life that is social media. Scientifically, we know our attention spans are decreasing. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And one more thing, Haley, I would emphasize is I think um, more broadly in terms of, you know, soldiers coming from um, marginalized communities or, you know, demographics that are not widely represented in the Army, that's part of why we've got to emphasize positive command climates and inclusion. You know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Um, But... First of all, I would say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. That is... Goodness, that is Christine Warmuth, who is the Army Secretary, and explaining that she just doesn't understand what woke means. Welcome back to the program. You are lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you, top of our third hour this Tuesday. Let me tell you something. One of my sons is about to turn 18, and like clockwork, right ahead of his birthday, he gets the notice from Selective Service. Just FYI, you know, you're going to be getting your selective service card. And here's a reminder, if you don't fill out your selective service, your draft card, oh, you're going to be in so much trouble. It's a crime. You could be fine. Go to jail. All oh, it's so bad. When I hear Christine Warmoth talk about inclusion, there's only one, there's only one type of uh, soldier that gets the draft card. There's only one type. And there's only one type of soldier that gets in trouble for not filling out the draft card. I mean, there are major consequences 
Now, people say, oh, there's not going to be a draft. It would require an act of Congress to reinstate the draft. Well, just so you know, Chuck Schumer's always supported it. And I remember back in the early aughts, that was a bill here after the war on terror that they were looking at bringing back out. So, yeah, they've always been very excited about it. And don't think that War Inc. doesn't love that idea. There are serious consequences. I mean, criminal penalties, civil penalties. And then you have the Army Secretary talking about inclusion. This is not the military, and I hear this from people who served. And so my opinion on this is largely, to be frank, formed by two things. What I see, the wokery in the military that I see, and what I hear from my friends who served and my family who served. It's very different. I have, I have friends who say I got out right at the time. I have a number of friends who were Navy SEALs, who were uh, Army Rangers, and they, they're all like, oh, we got out right at the time that it was good because things are changing. I cannot tell you how many times I hear that. There, is, there are no exceptions, and I've asked even. I'm like, surely, am I just being too harsh? Because when I was growing up, you know, service in the military, I mean, that was, it's the military. You know, we grow up as kids and we, we, we grow up with these institutions. And when you're a kid, you think that the adults know better and that surely institutions can't be corrupted. And then as you get older, you realize that that's not the case. And then as you get older, it's not about being jaded. It's about the reality that doesn't make you cynical. It just proves some of your suspicions to be true. I mean, case in point here, the first week in office, Joe Biden immediately had this ban reversal on transgender service members. Here's, I, I, I don't care what your opinion is of who someone sleeps with or how they want to identify. I don't care what people do. I don't care what their sexual preference is. I don't care how they identify. The only thing I care about is, are you going to be able to get over yourself enough to be a part of a fighting force. Because this, this obsession with self-expression is not, that's not what the military is about. The military is exclusive for a reason and they have health discrimination. They have, I don't even, discrimination is not even the right word. Like if you're flat-footed, I mean, you used to be stricken off consideration just to be flat-footed because they would look at your you know is are you gonna do you have a chance of hurting your ankle could you actually be a burden in the field or you know etc etc all of these things i go back to that whole scene from uh zach snyder's 300 and when you had the military i wrote i think i've written about this before because it gets into the the, the whole battle of Thermopylae and how you had the betrayal of Leonidas before the battle of Thermopylae by this, this one individual who was not able to be the warfighter that Leonidas needed. And as a result, he was making it about him instead of about his country. And he ended up betraying the 300. 
I don't want confusion in the battlefield. I don't care about anything, anything of that nature in the battlefield. And for the Army Secretary to say, I have no idea what woke is. I mean, I'm looking at a tweet from the U.S. Air Force, March 31st, 2022. Today is Trans Day of Visibility. Check out Undersecretary Air Force Jones. Talk with Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram, the highest ranking openly transgender Department of Defense officer. Blah, blah, blah. The first thing that Biden did, first week in office, reverse that, reverse the regulations on transgender service members. Then you had the vaccine mandate, forcing people to get, forcing our soldiers to get an injection that didn't do what they said it did. Then the Navy came out with a video talking about preferred pronouns, an instruction video about preferred pronouns in the Navy. And then you had all of these branches. Oh, we're going to celebrate this month and that month and Pride Month and all of this. Then you had the issue of taxpayer funded gender reassignment surgeries and treatments within the military. Military drag shows for families. And then service members who were triggered by uh, state laws on abortions, which, by the way, there were again, there is no law that prohibits it for the life of the mother at all whatsoever. So don't. They could they compassionate reassignments so that you could be moved to an area that didn't hurt your feelings because of your uninformed political stance. This is what we're talking about. And to have the Army Secretary say, I don't know what woke means. Why in the hell should any mother or father feel comfortable or confident about sending their child to serve in the military or have their husband serve or their wife serve or their parents serve under that kind of leadership? When the focus seems to be on everything but being a cohesive fighting force. When the focus seems to be on all of the things that divide instead of the things that unite, which is absolutely antithetical to creating a supreme fighting force. And that is the only job of the military. You don't know what woke is? You're a liar. It's degrading to the strength of the military. And it gets people killed. The only concern should be, do you want to live freely? Can you kick ass? Will you save your fellow soldier if you guys, things go sideways? Can you complete a mission? I don't care what your favorite color is. Doesn't matter what music you like. It doesn't matter who you're going to go to bed with. None of this stuff, all of this stuff is irrelevant to the questions asked. This isn't a social experiment. This is real life against real evil. You know, I keep thinking when we celebrate D-Day and you see those amazing photos of these boats as they're going to shore and these guys who are these soldiers who are just kind of hunkered down and they're they're of all ages. There's some real young men in there and there's some older men, those who are uh, have some seniority and they're approaching one of the beaches and they can't see everything out. But we know what's coming because, you know, here in the future, we have that benefit of knowing what they're going to face there in the past. And then that door opens and they get to get out in that chest high water and get to, and just somehow not get obliterated when they get on to shore. 
And looking at those photos, many of which were taken in that split second before that heavy metal door dropped. And those soldiers had to get out. Do you think anyone cared what the other guy's favorite color was or who the other guy went to bed with or how, what pronouns the other guy wanted to use? Probably it seemed that the concern would be how well the other guy could get to shore, whether he was physically capable of getting to shore, whether he was able to clear any kind of malfunction from his rifle, whether he was a good shot, what the weather conditions were. Can you see? I think that's probably what they were concerned about. I have no idea why they're even messing with Wokery. But for the Army Secretary, Christine Warmoth, to sit up there and say, well, we want everyone to feel included. I don't, not when it comes to the military. I want the people who can go and who want to be free and who can fight to be free and who put themselves second next behind the mission. That is who I want. And if people want to make it about themselves more so than the people with whom they serve and the mission that they're out to accomplish, then those people should be excluded. But you, we have to actually commit seppuku at the altar of political correctness and deny this. Because those are the new rules. That's compassionate, right? That's how it's defined. But it's interesting how compassionate, compassionate uh, behavior and compassion itself isn't defined or noted, its absence not noted by people who want to sacrifice others at their altar of vanity. We have more to come. That audio soundbite just made me angry. I didn't mean to spend this much time on it, but the more I talked about it, and I did, my son got a notice, and I'm just like, you know, if it, if these were under any condition, different conditions, if this was, you know, the patent era, if we didn't have this kind of stuff going on, if I wasn't hearing from my friends who served, huh, but lots of them, all of them, It'd be one thing. But don't sit here and preach to me about inclusivity when you definitely don't practice it. And when you treat people who have common sense as though they're the enemy. Don't even. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So a man sues Texas Pete after learning that the Texas Pete hot sauce is not actually made in Texas. Apparently, the hot sauce actually originated at a North Carolina barbecue restaurant in 1929. And so that's caused a man named Philip White, who purchased a $3 bottle of Texas Pete, has a label featuring a cowboy and all this. They say it looks like a stereotypically white Texas Lone Star reminiscent of the Texas flag at a Ralph's in L.A. He said he was relying upon the language and images on the label of the product, and he thought it was a Texas product. He's actually suing for this. So, I mean, you can read, you know, the back of the bottle where I'm sure it says it's made in North Carolina, but I, you know, I don't know. That's just, it is kind of weird, though, that they call it Texas. Anyway, long story short. Uh, This is, you know, we were just talking about the wokery in the military. Transgender women, meaning men who identify as women, must sign up for the military draft under the Biden administration, according to this somewhat new policy. But trans men or women who identify as men they get a pass because they're not actually men 
Air. Yeah. So the women, even though a man says he's a woman, he still has to register for the draft. But the women who claim to be men do not because they're makes well makes sense. I mean, you know, science and all. Just you know, FYI, science is in, science is important. Uh, also, let's see. America's post-pandemic mental health mess in numbers. There is a 30-year high. You have suicides. Uh, there's a shortage. This is the other thing that gets me. A shortage of 30,000 psychiatrists. One in five endure mental illness. 90% say we've reached a crisis point. And that apparently when one in five say their mental health is only fair or poor, that figure leaps to 34% amongst adults, adults aged 30. And then half of young adults say they always or often felt anxious over the past year. And the U.S. could be short over 30,000 therapists within years. So that's... Uh, it's going to get worse. And this is, and the, nobody wants to pay attention to the mental health crisis. So, the World Wide Web 2.0 Chicago scientists build an unhackable quantum internet in their university basement closet. The computers send information as electronic pulses that are zeros or ones, but the new system would also use particles that can send both in combination. Scientists say it's impossible to hack because this corrupts the information, but so far they can't send particles over long distances. We have more to come. We have wokery, energy, economy, and more. Stick with us. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's The Dana Show. A seemingly unending tailback early on Saturday morning in Paris. Some motorists spent hours in their cars in the hope of filling their tank. I got up at 4am to go looking for petrol. After a long wait, there was relief even if stocks were limited. 30 euros for everyone, no more. It's not petrol, but time I'm putting into the car. The hunt continued throughout the day. Shortages caused by strikes at refineries have hit one in five filling stations in France. The north of the country is particularly affected, like here in Arras, where entry is being screened. Only people with priority occupations are allowed in something motorists are understanding about. Priority vehicles need to be able to fill up and be available. But even this care worker who managed to get to the pumps is having difficulty. Mm, yeah, this is it's bad. This is in France. This was a broadcast from Europe talking about the fuel shortage growing in France. And now they have strikes at refineries, too. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our third hour this Tuesday and in Paris, they've had strikes at some refineries. Total Energies and ExxonMobil refineries, according to the General Confederation of Labor, they said that 29.4% of their service stations were experiencing difficulties. People are waiting in line. And on top of it, you, I mean, you have to be actually empty. You can't go and only have... You know, if you have a half tank, they're going to turn you away. You have to actually, it's crazy. And so people have been uh, really, uh, they've been really uh, have anxiety over this. They're trying to uh, figure out where they're going to be able to get fuel a lot. And a lot of these filling, a lot of the stations are low on, on fuel. And so like they're waiting hours, hours. And most stations, they said a third of those stations were out of more than one type of fuel in France. And so you have those strikes that are continuing. Just, it's, it's kind of, it's wild. Europe is facing an, an energy crisis. 
And they said three out of six refineries are currently shut down in France due to worker strikes that have cut production by 60%. That's about 740,000 barrels of petrol per day. And the majority of total energies networks, about 3,500 uh, gas stations, they said about a third of those are running low. Uh, the government figures say 19% are affected. Hmm. And they're saying, no, no one panic. That was what Emmanuel Macron told everyone last week. He called for calm. No one panic. I don't know. It seems like you should kind of panic a little bit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, out of all the times, I'd say, yeah, maybe um, maybe this time you could. See, they they we have a lack of refinery. We need more refineries. We had two refineries that in the Midwest that closed because nobody wanted to buy them and nobody wanted to invest the billions of dollars for something that they view as short term because the administration's absolutely called they've they've declared war on oil and gas. Now, a couple of things I want to hit here. So first off, big rail workers union, they rejected the Biden backed labor deal. So the the pot, the potential of a strike now, a rail strike is back. The Brotherhood of the Maintenance of Way, the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division rejected a labor contract. Uh, this was yesterday with freight railroads sending the two sides back to the bargaining table and resetting the countdown to potential work stoppage. Now, the Biden sponsor deal included a 24% wage increase, 5,000 in bonuses, and additional paid day off. So there, this is kind of going back and forth. So far, only 12 unions have ratified the national agreement with the railroads, the American Train Dispatchers Association, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the Transportation Communications Union, and the Brotherhood of Railway Carmen. So they, there's been a, there's been 12, so far four of the 12, and those are the four that have ratified that agreement. So they're back at the table with that bargaining that, that agreement. So, and then, well, but wait, there's more. Uh, looking at California, they have a new law that uh, was signed last week. California taxpayers are going to be on the hook for $400 million of public and private employee union dues. Now, a lot of people are saying, whoa, 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 this is very legally questionable. It is Assembly Bill 185. It provides $400 million of taxpayers' money to a select group of people who purchase a private optional service. And the so-called tax credit, they say, is refundable or available to people who don't, who don't pay state income taxes, which makes it you're not getting a tax credit. That's just a payment. That's like welfare. So they said they want to they wanna help people with the cost of being a member of a union. Well, instead of making everybody pay for it, why don't you revisit the cost? Right? I mean... The argument has always been that I've heard from folks, whether it's public or private, that you that union dues shouldn't go towards or the union's help shouldn't go towards people who don't pay dues. But what about people who, you know, are not in unions by the nature of their work and then they're paying dues as California taxpayers? So how does that wash out? This is kind of interesting. So it's it's there's a lot of I don't see how this continues without it being charged. There's so, for instance, uh, there's been Daily Signal was exploring the Supreme Court in 2018, the Janus versus AFSCME, uh, the public sector unions and how states can't force employees to pay public union dues. And they this see California thinks that this is kind of a workaround by getting dues from taxpayers instead of workers. But is that not 
a free. I mean, I see the argument that it's a free speech violation because a lot of the dues are spent on political action and you're forcing people to fund the political speech of private organizations that they themselves are not allowed by law to join because they're not in that line of work and thus they're not working with this. They're ineligible. So how does that work? That doesn't make any sense. What in the world is happening in California? Now, to that point, I had the headline that said 99% of uh, Florida now has power. 99% has been restored, right? They had that bridge back up, this one bridge, the Pine Island Bridge. That was back up, lots of stuff back up. But they have a problem with rail. I cannot understand why Democrats have this obsession with rail. I just, I don't understand it. There was a New York Times piece that said how California's bullet train went off the rails. This is a damning piece because it gets into this trillion dollar infrastructure building spree. Now, you want to talk about unions and contracts and all of this. Do you realize that in California, they were handing out construction contracts before they even had acquired any land to build on or even figured out exactly how the path was going to happen? How do you do that? I I mean, what if you have one construction uh, group one crew that's better building out in you know flat farmland where they actually had to undergo and go use eminent domain to get a lot of land and then you have others they were trying to figure out mountain passes do you have you have to be able to understand how to build through something like that i mean it's just wild so this thing it started (laughs) it's ballooned up to like 130 something billion dollars the cost estimate for this And there was a French company that wanted to invest and wanted to have a, you know, they wanted to get closer to completing what they called the two hour, 40 minute dream, which some are saying that there's no way that that's ever, you know, no way. And so the, they had this French company come in, a French national railroad, and they were among SNCF, they were among some of these bullet train operators in Europe and Japan. They came to California early aughts. They thought, okay, we'll get a contract. We'll help the system. We've done this before. We're going to get this done here. Well, they weren't able to do it. They got so mad that they ended up pulling out in 2011 and they went and built the damn thing in Morocco. And they said that there were so many things that went wrong. They said that it was, quote, less politically dysfunctional to actually build in North Africa than it was in California. They, everybody wanted a piece of the pie. So everybody wanted the, the railway path to go here, here, and here. And ev- they kept getting warned, okay, this is getting too complex. It's getting, this is getting too out of control. And they just kept going with it. Jerry Brown, Gavin Newsom, they all just kept going through it, going with it. And you had like, for instance, one of the guys, uh, they give some examples in this piece. He's a member of the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors, Mike Antonovich. He was saying, no, no, the train could get more riders if it diverted through the desert communities of Lancaster and Palmdale. Have it go through my district. And other people have it go through our district. I mean, everybody wanted a slice of the pie. It's absolutely insane. It's, and they said that the rail route was not paced. Uh, one of the assessments, the Southern California Association of Government said the rail route was not based on technical and fi- financial criteria. I, I mean, it... Oh, my gosh, just an absolute mess. Here's the other thing. One of the arguments that was put forward to in support of having this rail built was that it was going to help congestion in L.A. and San Francisco, right? Particularly L.A. 
Here's the issue with that, though. On average, there was a study done, and this was cited a couple of different places. I think Reason Foundation also did a study on this. But on average, uh, the commuter in L.A. only goes 10 miles. You wouldn't need to hop on their little train for that. They just drive 10 miles. I also think people like driving their own cars. Sometimes that's the only place where they can be alone. I've had to ride the, the, what is it, the ACL corridor, the corridor, the train between New York and D.C. I've had to ride that before. You don't really feel like you're alone. You're still with other people, and I don't like it. I can't imagine having, that would be my, I can't imagine having a commute like that. There's something to be said about being in your car by yourself, controlling your own climate, your own tunes, being in control. I don't know, maybe it's just me. I can't zone, I just, I like to drive. And I think some people are like that. But in these areas, the average is like 10 miles. And that's, you know, generously put, they're not even going to use this. It's goofy. They need water desalination plants, but heaven forbid you build more of those. You have to have this big giant money laundering boondoggle. I don't know how anyone, and the New York Times even hits on this, which is why I find this so intriguing, because it hits on, it actually hits Gavin Newsom too, not just Jerry Brown. I mean, they mentioned that Newsom was also part of this whole thing. I wonder if somebody is trying to get an early dig in a little bit. It makes you wonder, right? Mm-mm-mm. Makes you wonder. Now, Another thing I have real quick, we had the story uh, just a little bit. I was, we were talking about it in midterms about Raphael Warnock. He gets, you know, almost like well over $7,000 a month for housing. The church that he works with pays. And then the, the property, this low income apartment property that the church owns is Ebenezer Baptist Church. They've been evicting people. You fall like $28, $28 behind in rent. And they're evicting people. Uh, and people have been questioning Warnock's, you know, his piety here. Herschel Walker offered to pay the rent for anyone facing eviction by Raphael Warnock's church. They also said the church also had a lot of money, too. They had like a, you know, almost a couple million dollars. Uh, so they're, they're not hurting for cash. And I think the sum of all of the back rent was $4,000. Of course, people are having hard times because of the, the pandemic was depleted people's savings because they couldn't work. It, again, financial eminent domain. So Herschel Walker said he's going to he would pay he will pay for the rent of those facing eviction at property owned by Raphael Warnock's church. You know, where he's the quote unquote reverend. Four thousand five hundred dollars past due. That's I mean, about half of what his uh, monthly house allowment allowment uh, is his allotment. It's like almost eight thousand dollars. It's over seven thousand. And apparently Walker told Walker's people told the free beacon that he's serious and he's going to and he is planning on following through on it and apparently not is already making making inroads to do that very interesting hmm hmm you know the reverend warnock listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time make sure you sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse over at substack all the links and everything to access all of my social media profiles at danalash.com as well People keep asking me, I had a couple of people asking me about Tulsi Gabbard. I didn't get into that because I don't care. I, she announced that she was, I guess, leaving the Democrat Party. But to what? I would be more interested if she made a video announcing why she didn't support gun control anymore. Case in point, let me read to you because, you know, your girls got receipts all the time. 
This is what she had published back in uh, February of 2018. Quote, the stakes are too high to allow politics to get in the way of Congress taking action to pass common sense gun safety legislation. She says she co-sponsored bills to close the gun show loophole, ban assault weapons and require background checks on anyone seeking to purchase a gun and more. We have background checks. Assault weapons are non-existent. And wow, wow, wow. So I'm just, you know, I... I would rather hear a video from her. I don't really care what she's... I don't want to hear about the party affiliation. I'd rather see a video talking about whether or not she still agrees with that. And if she doesn't, what changed her mind? I'd like to see a video from her about why she voted to uh, not repeal the death tax and why she's changed her mind about that. I'd like to see a video from her talking about how she is uh, getting out, how she used to support raising income taxes and now she doesn't support raising income taxes. Because see, before I'm going to sit here and welcome anyone to some sort of liberty-minded conservative huddle, I just, I want to know who I'm letting in because I don't trust a single politician out there. All of them are looking for an advantage some way or somehow And it does not mean anything to me to tell me that you've changed your party affiliation when you haven't said anything about the stuff, the issues that you've actually spoken about and tweeted about and written about that really conflict with those of limited government or liberty minded people. I mean, you can't just foreign policy. I mean, she doesn't want any kind of conflict with. Uh, she doesn't want to go into World War Three. Okay, well, that's been a Democrat, some of a Democrat's position. That's a Bernie Sanders position. Uh, you know, that's a position that some people on the left have. But I just, I'd rather see a video, not just talking about, you know, the birdbath depth of party affiliation. I would like to actually hear why, you know, more about it. What, what are you still for gun control? I mean, you wanted to ban guns. Are you still wanting to ban guns? That's my thing. All right, today in stupidity. Steve, what do we got? All right. Not only does Fetterman not want Biden to show up at his rallies, but he also doesn't know his last name. So should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Bin. And and that's it's not a matter. uh, Joe Bin. Yeah, Joe Bin. I like that. Joe Bin. It's Joe Bin. Well, would Biden be able to remember his name? Doubtful. You can't have two people who can't articulate things well not and not remember people's names at an event together. It's not going to work. Folks, have a great night. I will be back with you behind the mic tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>